you got your bulletin, you can see our title today is called Why Forgive? And apparently I was doing a lot of studying on this because when I got done, I looked at my wife and I said, that's a lot of information. And so what I want to do is this. This is going to be a two-parter, so that means you have to come back next week, okay? Uh, Because we're going to talk about this. I want to talk to you today about what forgiveness is not, and then we'll talk about what forgiveness is. But then the next week, I'm going to talk to you about what can, I, what can make it easier to forgive in the future. So if you want to learn how to make life a little easier and learn to forgive in the future, make sure you come back next week. And we're going to talk about this. We've been talking about a number of topics that deal with things that limit our relationship with God and with others. Uh, there's always something there. The enemy always wants to do three things, right? Steal, kill, and what? That's his, that's his job description. Uh, but thank God there's not a period at the end of that sentence. It goes on and says that God comes to give us life and life to the fullest or more abundantly. And so we can place our faith in that. But the fact that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy means we're constantly going to have battles that we will face in life. And there's constantly going to be things that will try to limit our relationship with God and with others, we've talked about communication. We've talked about control issues. Uh, Today, what I want to talk to you about is is forgiveness. Uh, What it's not and what it is, because if you and I don't learn how to be forgivers, we're not really going to truly understand what it means to be truly and fully forgiven. And so this is not a, a suggestion that God gives us in the Word of God. It's actually a command that we're to forgive. And we're going to take a look at that. But I just wanted to kind of give you the heads up that we're going to go halfway through this. So um, you can bring your bulletin back with you if you want. You'll have a, another one next week. Don't worry about that. And I will do the best I can to fill in the blanks. But what I want you to do is more than worrying about a blank that needs to be filled in. I just want you to catch the heart of what God's speaking to us today. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian two minutes, two days, two decades. Uh, we all are going to face these battles. Please don't ever get comfortable and think, since I have become, I've been a Christian for 27 years, I've got this forgiveness thing down. Really? Really? You think? Because the moment you start thinking that is the moment the enemy starts putting the sniper on you, right? And he comes after you. We, we've got to learn these principles. We've got to be, understand what God has to say about this. So we're going to look at the book of Matthew chapter 18. If you want to turn there, if you get your Bibles, uh, your iPads, iPhones, if you do version. The outline's all there for you. The scriptures are there. Um, but I want to I, I read from Matthew 18. And this talks to us about forgiveness. And he, uh, Jesus uses a story, a parable, uh, uh, to bring this home for us. You see, in this world, Christ was sent to be our Savior. If, if all we needed was information, he would have sent an educator. If all that we needed, our greatest needs was technology, he would have just given us scientists. If, if our greatest need was money, he would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need in life is to be forgiven. And that's why he sent his Savior. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with economists, scientists, or entertainers. But if we miss the fact that we need to be forgiven, all hope is lost, right? We need a Savior. Can we agree on that? Okay, and so he comes and he says that in this relationship, we've got to learn this principle of forgiveness. You see, Jesus forgave us all of our sins long before we ever committed them. Did you know that? 
before you even thought about sinning, he's already covered that. He's paid it in full. He's, he's taken care of it. So forgiveness is an enormous principle in the kingdom of God. And that's why we want to take some time and look at it today. Forgiveness is not just, what we're going to talk about today is the principle of it. It's not just learning how to say, I'm sorry. It's not just saying, okay, fine, I forgive you. Uh, that, that is involved in it. But we have to catch that forgiveness is about a kingdom principle. When we choose not to forgive, the Bible tells us if we can't forgive others, then we limit the ability of what God can do in our life in forgiving us. Uh, it says that forgiveness can become something that can block, literally block the flow of God's blessings in your life. So if you're here today and you think for a minute, oh good, I'm, I'm fine. I don't have to worry about this. You know, my life's just fine. I wanna ask you to just invite the Holy Spirit into your heart and let him search every nook and cranny. Because I've always been amazed when I said, like David in Psalms, Lord, search my heart, try my ways, see if there be any way in me. And uh, many times the Lord says, yeah, what about this? And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't mean going there. <laughs> I meant say, you know, like the whole proverbial, uh, come in, you welcome somebody in your house, come in, make yourself at home. Do you really mean that? You know, do you let them go up into your bedroom closet and look around? No, usually when you tell somebody, come in and make yourself at home, you mean come and make yourself at home in this room that I've escorted you to. And I'm asking you today to be willing to say, Lord, search my heart, my whole heart. Try my ways. If there's somewhere in my heart where I'm struggling with anger, bitterness, uh, inability to forgive, and here's the thing about forgiveness. It's not just about learning to forgive others that have hurt us or, you know, wronged us. Sometimes that, 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 that is part of it. Sometimes the person we have to forgive is ourselves. And that can be the hardest person to forgive. And it, it can come in so many different layers. Um, Jesus, for, forgiveness is just an enormous kingdom principle. And so I want to take some time and I'm going to go over to Matthew chapter 18. I told you I was going to do that, right? And I'm going to start, <clears throat> excuse me, with verse 18. But before I do, let me back up a couple verses to give just a little bit of context. This just something to me, maybe it, it's nothing at all, but they're talking about discipline and prayer. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And this is where we get a couple of the humdingers, you know, I call them in scripture, just kind of a boom. You know, these are very powerful statements. And he says this, uh, right around verse 18, truly I say to you that whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That, that's a, an enormous kingdom principle. He says there's a lot of authority and a lot of power when you bind and loose things in the spiritual realm and how it's tied to your world here. And then he goes on to say in verse 19, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they, that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. And then it get, the, next, the next one, verse 21, is where we're going to pick up from. But look at this. Jesus just said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, loose in heaven. He, he says that, that is an amazing principle to catch. So much power you and I have, not because of who we are, but because of who Christ is in us. And he said, there's all that authority has been given to us if we would use it. And he says, wherever two or more are gathered together in my name, he said, boom, I'm right there. I see more than two or three here today. He's here. And when you walk out throughout your day and your week, 
He will lead you and guide you. But what he's trying to get you to understand and me to understand is there's so much power and authority. And so then all of a sudden, verse 21, Peter comes in and he says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And I thought it's pretty interesting that Jesus says, you've got so much authority, you've got so much power, you got me backing you. And Peter goes, question, um, what about forgiveness? How often do I have to forgive? And so Peter thought he was being a big man when he said this. He said, up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Um, what is that meant? You know, I'm sure Peter, maybe like you in your head, you're going seven, zero, seven, carry the four. 490 times I got to forgive this guy. Okay, okay, but I'm 491, I'm going to let him have it, right? I mean, your word says, right? Right? See how we can sometimes take it out of context because what Jesus was trying to do was say this. Peter, you're trying to be a big man by saying up to seven, seven times Jesus. And he says, nope, 70 times seven at least. In other words, he's saying it's not about a number. He said it's about walking in this principle of forgiveness, knowing that you're gonna have to be a forgiving person all throughout your life if you truly wanna experience the blessings that are to flow in and through you. The moment you stop the moment you're not able to be a person that forgives is the moment that it blocks the flow of the blessings that God wants to bring in your life. Does that mean God doesn't love me then? No, he loves you. Does that mean God isn't gonna take care of me? No, he'll take care of you. But he says, I've got so much more, but that flows through those who understand this principle of forgiveness. Okay, back to, back to Matthew. Verse 23. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife, children, and all that he had and repayment be, uh, until payment, repayment be made. Um, verse 26, so the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself before him and said, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and he released him and he forgave him his debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him saying, pay back what you owe. So this fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and he went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, he's speaking to the first guy. He said, I forgave you all of that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave? In the same way, I had mercy on you. And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. Verse 35, my, this is Jesus talking. My heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your what? Heart. Your heart. That sounds pretty harsh. He was handed over to tortures. He was enslaved, wasn't able to be free. And he says, my heavenly father will also do the same. I thought you just said he was a compassionate God, full of love and grace and mercy. He is, but he knows this. He knows how we're wired. He knows how we're created. And he says, if you function in forgiveness, it's not that I'm coming at you. It's this will happen as a result of you being unwilling to forgive. 
Ultimately, when we don't learn the principles of forgiveness and exercise them, we self-destruct, spiritually speaking, and it does affect us physically, as we'll find out in a moment. But that was a a pretty harsh word. But again, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's trying to get them to understand how much power and authority they have. But there's one thing that will get in the way of that and that is your unwillingness to forgive. Uh, You and I are disciples of Christ, amen? You and I are disciples of Christ, amen? Amen. Just making sure you're all with me. He's speaking to us today and he's saying the exact same thing. You have all the authority that you need. You can walk empowered by the, by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not in a power-tripping kind of way, but that authority is there. And the only thing that limits the power that you can use or call upon is when we choose not to forgive. See, forgiveness is incredible. Um, when you're the one that has screwed up and you want forgiveness, it's incredible. You can't wait for it, right? But when somebody has wronged you, isn't it funny how we want to hold on to that for a while? My precious. I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to use it to beat some people with, you know. That's because that's kind of how we're wired. It's our flesh. It's our nature. You don't have to feel bad about that, but you do have to recognize it, and then you have to do something with it. Well, what do I do with it? I'm so glad you asked. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about some things that have to deal with, and again, um, I just want to give you this, this first portion. There's so much that I want to jump ahead to, but I want to back up and make sure we understand that this principle of forgiveness, it's important to learn what it's not and what it is. And then I think we'll stop there today. You might actually get out early. Can you believe that? Now that I said it, you probably won't, but uh, I, want, I want you to just catch this. And I'm going to ask you as we go through these, these things, at the, end of the, at the end of the message, we're going to ask you this week to just ruminate upon that. Ask the Holy Spirit. Is there anything inside of me where I've been doing this or I'm caught up in this? Because I want to be free. Uh, Free doesn't mean that you never have problems in life. Free doesn't mean that you never have to pay bills. Free doesn't mean that you'll never get sick. Free means that no matter where you go, you walk in the anointing and in in the authority of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. So there was a Sunday school teacher that had concluded her lesson. She was working with a bunch of kids And uh, she wanted to make sure that the kids really understood the message and that they got the point. So she said, can anyone tell me what you must do before you can obtain forgiveness of sin? Little boy raised his hand without batting an eyelash and said, yeah, you got to sin. And she said, okay, that might be true, but that's not quite what I meant. What she meant was, if you want to receive forgiveness of sin, you have to have a repentive heart. You have to have a heart that's willing to submit and surrender and say, Jesus, I was going down the wrong way. I'm now choosing to go this way. Forgive me. It's a repented, uh, repentive heart. Now, there's some truth to the fact that this little boy said it's about sin. You know, uh, yeah, when you sin, then forgiveness comes. But only when you repent. That means you say, I was wrong. Forgive me. And you, excuse me, you turn from that. A repentive heart is something that Jesus can work with. It's something that he can mold and shape. Uh, maybe today you would say, well, my, my heart, you know, has been broken. He can heal that brokenness. You know, uh, I've got so much pain in my life. He, he can heal that. He can give you a brand new heart, the Word of God says. But he says, but you've got to have a heart that's willing to forgive. And it's un- not until we have that repentive heart that we can come to this place uh, of forgiveness. So I want to look at what forgiveness is not, 
Then we'll look at what forgiveness is. And then when y'all come back next week, we're going to talk about how life can be so much easier if we will just learn these principles. So what forgiveness is not. Many, many times uh, we think that forgiveness is not forgiveness until there's this sweetness of revenge mingled in the midst of it somewhere, right? Uh, we, we think that somehow we, there's got to be payback because I can't forgive you until I see you suffer. And, but that's not forgiveness. There's a story told of a guy who went to, he's, he's a truck, truck driver. He was driving all night long. He ended up stopping in Broken Bow, Nebraska. And he was at a truck stop there. He got a plate of food. He got a cup of coffee. You know, he got a, a dessert and he was just exhausted. And all of a sudden, these, this group of guys came in, just a rough kind of set of guys, you know, kind of like biker dudes or something. And they just caused, wanted to cause trouble. And so they went over to him and they picked up his plate and took a bite of a sandwich, set it back down, said, what do you think of that? Another guy picked up his coffee, drank his coffee. Another one said, I think I'll take that dessert. Thank you. And this gentleman you would have thought he would have responded or reacted in more of a volatile way, but he just got up and he went over to the, to the cashier and he gave the cashier the ticket and he paid his bill and he laid the money down at the register and the waitress followed him and took the money in, put it in the register. And when she returned, the biker said, well, he's not much of a man, is he? And she replied, the waitress did, I don't know, but he ain't much of a truck driver either. He just ran over three motorcycles. <laughs> That's not forgiveness. That's revenge. That's anger. That's bitterness. And I'm just going to say it, it's our reality. It's part of the flesh. That just, how, how is it that that comes up so naturally? Just boom. You don't have to think about it. I will make you pay. I will make you suffer. But what doesn't come up naturally is I'm going to let that go. I'm going to release that. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me in the middle of this. See, that doesn't come as natural. That's something that we have to work on. But here's number one, what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. We've got to make sure to hear this. Forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. Many times people choose not to forgive because they don't want to be perceived as weak. They don't want to be perceived as, well, I'm just kind of kind of wimpy and wilty and, you know, if you, do, if you do me wrong, I'm always going to forgive you. And people perceive that as a weakness, so therefore I'm not going to forgive. You see, our, our thinking's wrong when, when we adopt that kind of a mindset. Forgiveness does not mean that you're soft. Forgiveness does not mean that you're some simpleton. Forgiveness does not mean that you're weak. It's actually just the opposite, if you really think about it. Men and women who choose to forgive are some of the strongest people that I know is some of the strongest people that the Word of God talks about because they not only have to wrestle with who hurt them, but they have to wrestle with themselves and surrender both of those to Jesus. So when you choose to forgive, it is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of great and enormous strength. When done with the right heart, when done with the right heart, let me give you an example. Somebody wrongs you and you go, they say, I'm sorry, and you go, will you forgive me? And you go, yeah, whatever. Did you really forgive? No, you just kind of threw him a, yeah, whatever. Fine, I'll forgive you. You know, that's written all over your face. You're not forgiving. But when you get down to the heart issue and you say, this hurts. This is painful. I lost sleep. I lost meals. I cried tears. 
And not only did you hurt me, but you hurt my family. Maybe that's what's going on for you. And I'm choosing to forgive you. It takes a strong person to do that. It takes a really strong person to do that, especially if the person you have to forgive is yourself. Because what you're doing is taking that and you're surrendering that to God. That's not weakness. That's a sign of strength. It's a strong person that is not only willing to forgive, but actually does it. So, number one, forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. Here's number two. Forgiveness is not pretending like something wrong didn't happen. When somebody asks you to forgive them, and you translate it as, well, that means just pretend like something wrong didn't happen. You know, someone done wronged me, and you want me to forget it? I don't think I can do that. They're not saying forgiveness means forgetting. You've heard the phrase, forgive and forget, right? It's only one person I know that can do that, and that's Jesus. Because we remember everything when we want to, when it benefits us. Um, forgiving? That's a little bit harder. Forgiveness is not a sign of weakness, but it's also not pretending that something wrong wasn't done. Let's be clear about this. Forgiveness does not mean that something wrong didn't take place, and we're just expected to, to suck it up and pretend like, like nothing ever happened. That's not what God's calling us to. He doesn't want us to be some, uh, can I say spiritual sissy? Okay, you know what I mean. He says, no, it takes a strong person to understand that you walk in that anointing, you walk in that authority. It doesn't mean that you're weak, but it also doesn't mean that you act like nothing ever happened. The reality is forgiveness is a matter of, of the heart. Forgiveness doesn't mean that something wrong didn't take place, but we have to filter that through the Holy Spirit, because he's the only one that can lead us and guide us. He's not saying act like nothing's taken place or acting as if we forgave somebody when we truly didn't. It's not, this isn't a game. He's not saying, I want you to act like you're forgiving. He said, I want you to really, truly forgive, because it's when you choose to forgive that Jesus can come and heal that part of your heart. Um, he can't address the issue if we're going to continue to guard it, or we're going to try to control it, or we're going to take whatever the wrong was that was done to us, no matter how simple or how horrible. I know there are people here that can be ticked off because it's not, you know, this day's not going the way I wanted. And you're mad and you're angry or something. But, you know, that's just, that's a simple thing. But then you come over here on the other end where there's this bitterness and anger because somebody's abused you. Somebody's violated you. Somebody's disrespected, dishonored, whatever. And in both realms, that anger can be real, Correct? In both realms, if somebody's wronged us and we choose not to forgive, it can bring destruction into our lives. So where does it start for both what we might call the simple to the more drastic? It starts with making sure we're not pretending like if we say we forgive somebody for hurting us, that we don't really mean it. We're just saying it, hoping that our words are somehow going to make it better. That's not what makes it better. What does? That's what we're going to get to in just a moment. But he says, forgiveness is not pretending like something wrong didn't happen. If something wrong has happened, you address it. You identify it. You be honest about it. I grew up, and I, this is by no fault necessarily of my parents. I'm not, some, you know, I'm not blaming anybody. But I grew up feeling or somehow discovering or coming to some kind of conclusion that I, I, if I just could fake it, somehow it would get better, right? If somebody hurt me, I was always the, 
I was always the optimist. I was always glass half full. I was always looking for the positive. I was always looking for the silver lining. And, and somehow by doing that, I might forget that I actually was hurt right here in the middle. And it wasn't until I was older that Jesus taught me, you know what? You are being exactly what I created you to be. But Jim, you got to know this. It's okay to admit that you're hurting. And that was a revelation for me because I thought to, to address it was like to, to, I don't know, not trust God or, or uh, if I'm unable to forgive, then I'm not a good Christian or something. No, he doesn't want you to pretend like something hasn't hurt you. Be real about that. He says, it's not a sign of weakness. Don't pretend like something wrong didn't happen. But he also says this, <clears throat> what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not admitting defeat. See, when you, when you ask for forgiveness or when you extend forgiveness, it's not about admitting defeat. Too many times we don't want to forgive because we think if we extend forgiveness, then what we're saying is things like this. If I, if I forgive you, then I'm saying, you're right, I'm wrong. You win, I lose. You're smart, I'm dumb. You're victorious, I'm defeated. And we feel like if we extend forgiveness, that's the things that we're saying, but we've missed the whole spiritual principle that Jesus has set up. That couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth. We are to forgive because God commands that of us. He didn't suggest it. He didn't recommend it. He didn't put a footnote or highlight it. He said, this is a command that we must forgive one another, as we'll, we'll see as we go through this, this message. But too many times, too many times we choose not to forgive because we're afraid that we're sending the wrong message or the wrong signal. Well, if I forgive them, then they're going to think everything's fine and they can do it again. But you see, that's where you got to release that to the Holy Spirit. But forgiveness is not admitting defeat. When you're, when you're extending forgiveness, you're surrendering, not to the other person as much as you are to the Holy Spirit. And until you do that, until you can surrender that, um, God can't heal your heart the way that he wants to. And here's the other thing. Uh, no matter how many ways you can come up on how to make that person pay that hurts you, God has a way that's 10 times better than yours but he's not able to do it until you're willing and ready to surrender. God will take care of that. Sometimes we choose not to forgive because we want to make sure they pay. We want to make sure that we can see, you know, that happen in their lives. But that's not what forgiveness is. We don't want people to think we're weak, so we keep doing the same thing that we've been doing. But the thing is, is that just brings destruction. So that's not what forgiveness is. Here's number four. Forgiveness is not uh, covering up an injustice either. When an injustice takes place, forgiveness is not saying, we're going to cover up that whatever happened. No, forgiveness does that. Forgiveness is, is learning to be able to say, when we surrender that, it's not saying that we're going to pretend like this didn't happen. It's not just covering up an injustice. So, so many wonder and think like this. So if I forgive... Are we choosing to overlook the injustice that was done? No, an injustice has taken place. However, our role is to be able to surrender that to God and say, Jesus, you see the bigger picture. You know what's going on. You know my heart. You know my flesh right now. You know what I want to do. You know what I'm thinking. So you probably need to forgive me too. Because it comes in waves. 
You see, a mistake may have happened. A bad choice may have happened. Yet on our part, we don't want to make it worse by making a subsequent, another bad choice and choosing not to forgive. You know, forgiveness does not erase the injustice. But when you surrender that, it enables the Holy Spirit. The Lord, it enables Jesus to do what it is that Jesus needs to do in that moment. So if you're here today and you've been holding on to something, thinking that the more I hold on to it, the more I can make them pay, it's not going to work that way. That's not what forgiveness is. So what is it? What is forgiveness? Uh, number one is very simple but very profound. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice, and you and I have to choose it. Um, we have to choose forgiveness. It's not just going to happen. You're not going to be walking today when you leave this building knowing there's something you know, in your life that maybe you need to release or surrender. And somehow you think between here and your home you're going to accidentally trip and fall into forgiveness. You know, It's not going to happen like that. You're going to have to be intentional about it. You're going to have to choose it. And that's where the rubber meets the road. This is between you and Jesus, whatever that is. Are you willing to choose forgiveness or not? If you choose forgiveness, as we'll see more as we go on, it brings health, wholeness, healing into your life. If you choose not to forgive, that bitterness just eats you up from the inside out. But you're going to have to choose forgiveness on purpose. Remember as kids when you'd be goofing around at school and somebody would do something, spill something on you, and you look at them and go, you did that on purpose right? You were mad at them. You did that on purpose. You almost got to have that same vigor and attitude when it comes to forgiving others. You got to do it on purpose. I'm choosing to forgive. I don't, I'm not liking it. I'm not feeling it, but I'm going to do it. It's a choice, and you and I have to make that. Nobody's going to choose it for you. It's going to be up to you. It's going to be up to me to make that choice in our life. So it all boils down to, do you want health in your life, or do you want death in your life? Wow, wow, that's pretty harsh. Health, death. But the Bible talks to us about those two, uh, those two ditches, if you will. If you lean into forgiveness, it will bring health into your life. If you lean into not forgiving and holding grudges, it brings death and bitterness and anger into your life. I'll, I'll refer to it probably next week, but there's multiple studies that have been done. One that I read was from, uh, oh, I just lost it. It was from uh, UCLA and another place, I think Harvard, out in, in California, were doing studies, medical doctors who were doing studies on the body and how it reacts for a group of people who are dealing with some bitterness and are unwilling to forgive, and another group who are, are, not, are not, you know, they're, they're, they're doing fine, if you will. And they could tell that those who were hurt and chose not to forgive, that physically in their body, they had a higher blood pressure, they had a higher heart rate. They had a higher chance of heart, uh, uh, heart disease. And they typically lived a shorter life. When you, I mean, physical proof that when you choose not to forgive, it, brings phys it can even bring physical death into our life. Forgiveness is a choice. And you and I have to choose it. Don't wait around. Don't think that, you know, I, I, I'll forgive them when I feel like it. If you're waiting to forgive somebody till you feel like it, you're never going to forgive them. Because every time you think of it, that, that scenario is going to replay in your head. So, number one, it's a choice. Number two, forgiveness is more for us than it is for others. Forgiveness is more for us 
than it is for others. We can tend to view forgiveness as a power thing. You know what I mean? Um, forgiveness is a powerful thing, but it's not a power thing. Like, you know, uh, I'll forgive when I'm ready, when I feel like I've got enough courage or enough power or enough strength. You see, he's saying you don't use the fact that somebody wronged you and, and you can forgive them, but you choose to hold on to it and wield it like a sword. That's only going to bring destruction into your life. Forgiveness is not something that we're supposed to use to manipulate others, to keep them under our thumb. Well, you know what? I'll forgive them when I feel like it, but I don't think they've suffered enough. I don't think they've groveled enough. I don't think they've cried enough. As soon as I feel like that's happened, then I'll, I'll, I'll let them go. No, that's not the way it works. Because as we'll learn forgiveness, when you choose to forgive, the person it benefits first and the most is you, the one that's forgiving. It'll benefit the other as well. And it doesn't mean that God won't take care of them, but you've got to release that and trust the Holy Spirit. You see, when you think that way in that vindictive way or that anger, that bitterness is there, when you think that way, it brings a cancer almost, if you will, into your heart. And it starts to erode your heart. We must choose it. And know that forgiveness, the quicker we can forgive, the better, because it benefits us more than it does the one that wronged us. Um, when people ask for my forgiveness, they don't, they don't, they don't, the question isn't, do I need to give that forgiveness or not? Uh, you know, it's not about playing games or doing some kind of a tug of war, but we must learn to be quick to forgive. I try to do that as much as I can to make sure that when I know, there, there's times I could be in the middle of worship service and the Lord reminds me that there's someone I need to just let go of and release and forgive. Really? I can do it right then. I can do it right there. But you see, I'm doing that because I want the best that God has for me. It benefits me as well as others. And that's when health and wholeness comes. Here's number three. Forgiveness is a fruit of obedience. Forgiveness is a fruit of obedience. Only an obedient heart can be a forgiving heart. And Christ commands us to forgive. When we forgive, we are being obedient. Um, that's to be our goal, is to obey Christ. You may not have everything figured out. You may not know why you should forgive somebody. You may not even want to forgive somebody. But you do it because you know that God calls us to forgive. You do it out of obedience. That's why we forgive. When you respond with that kind of a heart, that forgiveness, it's a fruit of an obedient heart. And fruit's a good thing because fruit is something that is produced. And when you can become an obedient Christian who uh, forgives others even when you don't have it all figured out, it produces life within your life. It'll, it enables you to be one that can produce life in the lives of others. But you have, to, you have to choose it. You have to surrender that to Christ and know that this is walked out when we simply obey Christ. You're not going to accidentally walk into this. You can't abracadabra it. You can't alakazam it. You can't just say, you know, whip it up and make it happen. You choose it. Because if not, if you choose not to forgive, it's like a fish hook that just stays stuck in your heart. And Christ wants to remove that. Again, maybe you're here and there's somebody you need to forgive. Maybe uh, you need to forgive you. 
It's about making sure that you understand how powerful forgiveness is because when you can forgive, you can extend it and you can receive it, then all of a sudden, you don't stay tethered to that hook that the enemy puts in your heart. I've shared this story a bunch of times, but it makes my point. Uh, little Johnny and Susie are down playing by the pond at Grandma and Grandpa's house. And remember, Johnny takes a slingshot down there, pew, and he knocks off one of the ducks, boom. And Susie says, ooh, I'm going to tell Grandpa. You killed one of them. And he said, no, 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 please don't do that. And she said, well, I suppose I could hold it back if you do all my chores. And so all of a sudden, Johnny's having to do the dishes. Johnny's having to take the garbage out. Johnny's having to clean the windows. And Johnny's getting sick of it. He's getting irritated. And finally, he can't handle it any longer. And he goes to Grandpa and says, Grandpa, he says, I can't handle it any longer. Susie's got me doing all of this because she knows something that you need to know. I killed one of your ducks. And Grandpa said, I know, I saw it. And he said, Grandpa, why didn't you tell me this earlier? And his answer was simply this. He said, I wanted to see how long you were going to let Susie call the shots in your life. Now, if you're here today and your name is Susie, no offense, all right? But do any of you have any Susies, uh, any fish hooks, any things that have been snagging you up that Jesus says, if you would forgive, it would just release not only you, it's not just about them, you know, they get a pass, they get a... No, that's not what it's about. It's about getting yourself off the hook. It's about making sure that you can walk in the freedom that Christ has given to you and me. And when we can walk in that, when someone has wronged you or hurt you, and you know forgiveness is right, the right thing to do, but you just don't feel like they deserve it, you know, have you ever been there? Well, if we were honest, we'd have to raise both our hands, probably. Just know that as you obey and as you forgive, you're not letting anybody off of the hook. As a matter of fact, when you release it to God, he knows what to do best. Yes, it's getting you off the hook, releasing that to Christ, but you're releasing what, how you want that to look or what you want that to look like. You're surrendering that to Christ. And you're saying, Jesus, you see the big picture. You know it better than anyone else. So Lord, I'm surrendering that to you. And then um, number four, and I'll end with this one for today is forgiveness is necessary for healing. It's necessary for healing. I shared with you those statistics from Harvard and UCLA of how when you don't choose to forgive, how it can affect your physical body. But do you remember a man in the Bible? Uh, I, I, off the top of my head, it's in the Gospels, okay? But the man was a paralytic and he wanted to go see Jesus so that he could get healed. So four of his buddies grabbed the cot and started walking uh, started walking him there. And it says that they were taking him there and they were getting ready and they were going to remove the roof and they were going to drop him down so he could be in the presence of Jesus. And it says in the Bible that Jesus, when he saw them, he saw their faith. He saw their faith. And what the Bible says is when he saw their faith, he didn't just say, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. He didn't give that answer. He didn't say, drink lots of water, stick out your tongue and say, ah, you know. He didn't do the doctor things. No, he was addressing their point of faith. Forgiveness is necessary for healing. He says he saw their faith and said to him, your sins are forgiven you, get up and walk. When Jesus looked at them, he didn't look at what we always looked at. He looked at the heart of the matter. And the first thing he said was your sins are forgiven you. Get up and walk. His ability to receive and extend forgiveness was directly tied to what was happening in the physical realm. 
Could it be, and I'm just asking the question, that sometimes the hesitation we have or the pushback we experience or the struggles that we're experiencing in life have to do with something that maybe we need to forgive and let go of so we can see a healing, so that we can see in that area in our life where we get up and walk into that newness of the season that God is calling us into. I believe many of you here are feel like at times maybe, I know there's this next step and I just can't seem to quite get there. Could it be? I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying it is. I'm not trying to be sneaky at all. I'm just saying, could it be that maybe you can't get through to that next season until you're willing to surrender some things that God has been tugging on your heart about? Well, how would I know that? Well, as I've been preaching, maybe the Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart. Maybe when you leave here today, here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you this week to make it a point each day to just, maybe it's gonna be while you're buying groceries or while you're driving the school bus or you're at work or you're at school, you know, whatever. And the Holy Spirit We'll just bring something up. You know how he does that. You give him permission, he speaks. He does not have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. Uh, and when you invite him into that, he will speak. And when he shows that to you, he shows that to you not to bring it up once again. Oh, here we go. I got to deal with it. No, he's saying surrender that. Surrender that so I can heal your heart. So you can move on to that next season that I have planned for you. But there's so much, you know, what, what, what's the prerequisite? How do I get to that place? How can I get to that next step? It all comes back to forgiveness. It all comes back to forgiveness. We all want to experience forgiveness. True story out of, uh, it's a Spanish story. Um, it's a story of a father and a son who had become estranged. Uh, there was just some distance that took place. The son ran away and the father he wanted to find him, so he set off to go look for him and, and go find him. But he searched for months and months to no avail. Finally, in a last-ditch effort to find him and to bring restoration, the father put an ad in the Madrid newspaper. And the ad read this way. The son's name was Paco, okay? It's a common name. And he said, Dear Paco, meet me in front of this newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you. Signed, your father. On Saturday, 800 Pacos showed up because they so wanted forgiveness. Because they so wanted a father that just loved them and cared about them. Now, your main name may not be Paco, but he says, I'm calling you to that same. You've got a father that's putting an ad out and he's saying, I love you so much. And there's things I want to show you. And there's things I'll reveal to you that I want you to surrender. Not because I want to rehash it, not because I want to rehearse it, but because I want it to be released from your life. And when you're able to give that, then you'll be able to receive the next thing that God has for you. So I'm going to ask you today, what is it that maybe Jesus is asking you to release? Maybe it's somebody to forgive. Maybe it's forgiving yourself. Maybe it's receiving forgiveness that somebody has asked from you, but you've been refusing it, kind of like you're punishing them. Because the sooner you can release that, the sooner God can bring that new newness into your life. So my prayer today is that we become a people who understand forgiveness and then practice it. Understanding forgiveness is huge. Practicing it, that's way bigger. And we do that so that we may receive the blessings that come from forgiveness in Jesus' name. So Father, I ask today 
That, Lord, as we've just taken some time and we've opened up our hearts to you, Jesus, that you have, would have revealed to us those things that maybe you're calling us to let go of. Lord, you're not looking to take anything from us. You're looking to give us something, but we didn't see that before. We didn't understand that some of the things we've been holding on to aren't weapons that we get to wield, but they're boat anchors that are taking us down. So Jesus, show us those anchors, those things that are weighing us down, those things that you called us to release. And Jesus, I pray that you'd help us to understand this principle of forgiveness, not, just, not to just be a forgiving person, but, but to learn what it means to come before you and surrender. So Father, speak to us, we ask in your name. Amen. Amen.